Hello, good uh, day, everybody. Good afternoon here in Edmonton. We are in another episode of My Life Without Limits with a wonderful guest that we have today. But before we do that, um, Leah will be the uh, mastermind who will be introducing <laughs> our, our wonderful guest. But I want to introduce uh, Leah, our, our co-host for this podcast again, because mm-hmm. we are in a new environment, in a new office. Uh, well, not a new office. This is our old office, but this is the first time we are recording from the office. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to welcome Leah. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. It's so bright in here compared to being at home in the home office and everything's just so different. It's yeah, cool. you, I think you it's going to work out great. You look brighter. I guess I hope <laughs> I look brighter as well. You do. So, so yeah, so I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping this works out. Uh, mm-hmm. Later on, we're hoping to record together because right now we're in different rooms, but mm-hmm. we're hoping to record together and hopefully have some guests over who are in Edmonton uh, over actually on our office to be able to record some exactly. of the episodes, but we'll, we'll definitely talk about it and we'll, we'll think about what we're doing. Um, Leah, I'll let you introduce our wonderful guest today. Um, wow. She's very, we were having a conversation in the background before we started recording <laughs> and it was a really amazing conversation that we wanted to transcribe to over here. So uh, Leah, would you be, uh, more than kind to introduce our guests to our audience as well. So. Absolutely. Very, very excited to have author Deborah Huff here. She's written a really acute book for kids and she reached out over our website because the book has to do a lot about, you know, the disability community and with kids and and stuff. And she's got a background in the in the disability community. So we're very excited to have her here. Deborah, welcome. And thank you for joining thank us. Very glad. You so this so, is a nice opportunity to actually talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> COVID has really put up a wall with um, our connections. Yes. Yes. So this absolutely. Is nice. No, yeah. glad to see some faces on screen, even if it's on screen. Still nice yeah. to You're see still faces. There. Yep. Yeah. So can you just um, tell us a little bit about your career that you've had and um, where you're from and how you got into writing? Okay, for sure. Well, I am from London, Ontario, and I moved out here in my adventurous early 20s, thinking it'd be lovely to be so close to the mountains and it's beautiful. I had been out here once before in Alberta and for a visit. And I told my folks, oh, I'm just going to be one year. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to work in Alberta. I did have a job to come to at, um, it was then known Michener Center Institution. And this goes back to the 70s, you have to remember. Uh, So I had a job. So that was perfect. I lived in Red Deer. I'm a couple of hours from Banff. And I thought, what a grand way to live your life right yes yes and I was a new grad and uh, I have now lived out here for about oh 43 years yeah there you go you came uh, out. I thought it would be a year but yes. I love it I love Alberta and uh, my kids are western born and they've mm-hmm. married westerners so this is home for me this is home so yep. that's a little bit about who I am as far as getting here yeah um I have always 
worked with children mm-hmm. that have a variety of unique special needs. Mm-hmm. And even that goes back to my teenagers of when I was babysitting. Right. Uh, I just happened and I think it was just maybe meant to be, mm-hmm. you know, I met a neighbor, she had a couple of rowdy boys and I said, sure, I'll take that on. And as a teenager, I babysat and then they linked me to a relative who had a child who had, uh, was severely involved with having cerebral palsy. And I just thought, wow, I, I just sucked back the knowledge that yeah. those parents gave me. And that experience changed me from thinking I was going to be an office worker, mm-hmm. secretary, office manager, whatever. And I just veered off and I went to the high school counselor at school and said, I thought I was going to work behind the desk, but you know what? I just love these little kids that are, have various challenges. Yeah. What can I do with that? And from high school, uh, grade 12, that various guidance counselor yeah. um, put me in touch with a developmental center. Again, back in the 70s when we had uh, segregation. Right. And so that does speak to the progress we've had. Yes. But, um, you have to put it in perspective. That was the 70s. That's what they did. That's what they thought was best at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a developmental center for children that had very severe involvement of all kinds of disabilities. Well, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I volunteered there for um, about four months full time every day. Okay. And then it, and that led me into college, which was um, developmental specialist. Okay. And okay. so I went through school again, just, I just loved it. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those few lucky people that got into a career right from the end of high school. And I never wavered once. Oh, wow. That's pretty special. That is different, isn't it? It's Mm -hmm. really lucky on my, or fortunate, you know, I never once thought, oh man, I should have gone in that direction. Never. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's how I got to here career wise. Mm-hmm. And I have worked as an early intervention. Um, it's, it's got various names. So I've worked in Alberta health, mm-hmm. early intervention programs. So the, the titles of the position has changed. I, I started the intervention program out here when we were called the Westview Health Region. Oh, okay. And I also started the program in St. Albert. It was before that. Wow. I moved up here and was handed a proposal and said, could you start this program? And I said, wow, like, how come me and what wonderful experience... So I started the one in St. Albert. It's now at Transitions. Okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I live in Spruce Grove and Stony Plain had an application like 11 and a half years after I worked in St. Albert. I, I worked there that long. Mm-hmm. And I had an opportunity to work right here in my own community and started this intervention program. 
And then when all the zones in Alberta changed, you know, we went from regions in the health yeah. world to now we're in the zones. So when Edmonton zone came about, they absorbed Westview Health Center and mm-hmm. Westview Early Intervention. And now I just recently retired from Alberta Health Services, Edmonton Zone Early <laughs> Intervention Program. It's quite oh a mouthful. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. Wow. Yeah, the retirement was just something I, I had to do. I yeah. just, yeah. And the reason I retired, I still love the job. And I would still do the job if I was younger. But what I found is I'd worked full time for over 40 years, mm-hmm. full time. And I raised my children primarily yes. as a single parent. And now I have grandkids. And I thought, I will retire when I can no longer give 100% yeah. to my job. So aging does that to us. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> I'm really getting tired. Yeah. So there was no part-time position for me to go into. Mm -hmm. And I thought the time must be right then. Yeah, exactly. You're right. The time is right. I know myself, I cannot give a hundred percent the families Mm -hmm. that I was serving because of, you know, by Wednesday, Thursday, I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) one more day. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to Friday. Yeah. So that that's what prompted me to retire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that you talk about um, life without limits mm-hmm. and the mental health component. Yes. And retirement can be a frightening kind of yeah. time in a person's life. Absolutely. Yeah, my mom just went into like a forced retirement from because oh. of the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, but she's now just gotten to a point where she's like, actually, I love this. You know, the time she spends oh. with the grandkids, she's been out, you know, walking the river Valley every day and she oh, just boy. started selling. And then she even, now she's going to be doing like house sitting. Um, so she can travel. She's going to BC in June to house it. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's just an adventure for her to take. And she started selling Epicure just because oh, it's something to do. Oh, she has time now. And she has time yeah. now. And she's, you know what? At first it was scary. She was so scared. What am I going to do all day? But now she finds the days are filled and she's happy, you know? Yeah. It can be scary, but yeah, it's good. I can relate to that Mm -hmm. because so much of my identity is tied into my career. I've always been uh, in a helper position for children that have special needs, variety of disabilities. They have challenges families are challenged. Yeah. And um, I thought that's who I am mm-hmm. professionally. And that consumes so much of my life. Yeah. Now, who am I? And I thought, well, you're still you. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. just going to do <laughs> your work, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that's what prompted the creation of my book. I have two books now. The second one just came out. But um, having that goal, mm-hmm. and the reason you did ask me earlier, whatever got, what got me into writing, mm-hmm. is um, when I would travel home to Ontario, I would go every year to see my folks and my siblings. Mm-hmm. 
And my mom always said, um, you got to write a book because yeah. I would tell about the adventures out here. Yes. And yeah. my dad would laugh and say, she does love to talk, <laughs> you know, so she could write it. So my mom always said, write your book and write it the way you would say it. Yeah. And that just kind of sticks with me. Aww. And um, so the character in my book, the woman, yep. she is Marie. And Marie is my mom. Oh, so I did that for her and thanked her in the, yeah. in the book, you know, for just encouraging me. Your life is what you want to make of it. Yeah. Is what she was telling me, you know. Yeah. And I, I thought I'm I'm not an author. I, I don't know how to write a book. I know how to say it. Yes. I do talk and I'm comfortable talking because that's been my job forever yeah. to talk and listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do listen occasionally, Carlos. <laughs> right now I'm just jabbing away. But, um, you know, I just thought, well, anybody could be an author. You you know the writing of the story. book was mm -hmm. was was the easy piece, mm -hmm. but I worked with a team, right? And, yeah, and that goes to your your topic as well about life without limits. It does. What do you do for your own mental health? And having these projects of writing really helped me get in the flow of retirement because that a new career retirement is my new career you're right mm -hmm. you're right and that gave me you know an opportunity to kind of recreate myself and continue to advocate and care about little ones that have challenges yeah but do it in a different way yes and I did it at my own pace nobody was saying you got to be there at 8 30 and you're going to work straight through mm -hmm. to five o'clock and when the mood hit, I did it. Yes. So that's what led to these books. <clears throat> so that's what I was going to ask you, because you said something about when the mood hit is when I wrote the book, when I actually started pursuing or writing the book. Uh, and the reason why I ask, or I want to ask this question of what do you feel or how do you feel it? Because I, I've been told by so many people that I have to write a book as well. Uh, because of what I'm come from and what I've been doing and all the different things. But I'm like, I'm not an author. I don't know how to write a book. Right. I, I really, no offense to anybody, but I'm really horrible at spelling, you know, and, and oh. at sentence structure and all this yeah. stuff. And then, and then you're looking at it, how much it costs and how much, you know what I mean? Like finding a real yeah. editor and finding all these different things. So what do you feel? How do you feel when it happens to you when, when you said, this is the right time to write a book? This is the right moment to write a book. How do, how do you feel like? What do you feel like? I, I found that when I didn't have to struggle internally with what will I say? How do I say it? What do I do? That was the right time to do it. When it was easy to just put my words out there. Yeah, I grasped an idea and I just thought that would make an interesting book. Mm -hmm. I like that. And then 
the words just kind of came to me. And you know the nice thing, Carlos, about writing a book? The cost is a bit of a barrier mm-hmm. because I went through a self-published process, yep. but you don't have to worry about if your spelling is wrong or your editing of sentence structure is wrong because I went through, um, and I'm not promoting a certain publishing company. I'm not, you know, there's many out there, but I went through Tell Well Publishing mm-hmm. because somebody put me onto it. And I thought, hey, worked for you. I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Um, and I bought a whole package that included right from I send them a draft. Yeah. The editor looked it up or looked at it, critiqued it, sent me all the feedback. And then you get two rounds of editing. And honestly, Carlos, I had a lot of comments come back to me. Good. And they weren't negative comments. They were suggestions on you might want to write it this way. Mm -hmm. Or why don't you emphasize that a little bit more? It's a very humbling experience to write a book, but I embraced it. And I would suggest to you, if you want to do it and the words are in your head and you say, maybe it's your life story. Yeah. Start plucking away on it and have a draft on your computer and um, be open to that. And I was so open to, I want the, my goal is to write a book. Mm-hmm. I've never written a book. What do I do? Yeah. And I was so receptive of the feedback and help mm-hmm. that it really made a good book mm-hmm. because I was, I wasn't stuck with, no, I want it this way, my yeah. way. I took all those professionals and that's what they have degrees in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought, perfect. And they offer webinars. Mm-hmm. I attended every webinar to learn about writing, to learn about publishing, to learn about mm-hmm. marketing, illustrations. There's lots of steps to it. But I think if it's your dream, Carlos, and somebody is encouraging you, give it some thought and give it a try. Yeah. I wonder if you wrote it in Spanish first, Carlos, if that would help you because that's your first language. If maybe writing it in oh. Spanish and then you would just have somebody translate it for you, you know, yeah. you could do it yourself even, but I mean, I wonder if that would just be easier too. It could be a possibility. Yeah. I think it would be a possibility to maybe writing it. In, although I've been writing in English more than Spanish, to be honest. Writing, I, think, I guess, I think true. My mom, yeah. I've even said that when I do presentations, she thinks that I speak better doing presentations in English than I do in Spanish but I mean I would love to either writing writing it in Spanish or English but I would love to write it eventually Mm -hmm. and this is so encouraging that you that you wrote this book not being an author per se not even going through writing schools writing school before or, or being a like I'm pretty sure one day you could be a famous author, but being one of those famous authors that that I've been already for years, you know, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's very encouraging, encouraging to hear that that you you created oh, this good. wonderful book to mm-hmm. to uh, to all the children, and I'm pretty sure it would be really helpful not only for children for but for everyone. 
everyone. Yeah. Everyone. I'm hoping, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point for everyone. I'm really hoping that parents will, when they're reading it to their young children, will help the kids understand the deeper message in there. Yes. That inclusion is very important. Yes. That everybody, whether you're little, big, you've you know, you wear glasses or a hearing aid or you need help walking. We all on the inside are the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've been telling people, like when I've been signing the book is I'm hoping people will teach their youngsters, choose your friends with your heart. Mm-hmm. Don't choose it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't choose it because of peer pressure. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be his friend because he's a geek. Yeah know that little person and That's use right. your heart to me you know yeah. um, I see a lot of situations and I hear about it you know where you're too little that was me never picked on the sports team right you know I didn't run fast enough I was the smallest you can't throw very far mm-hmm. but I'm still sitting here willing and wanting to be everybody's friends and not doing anything inappropriate other than, hey, pick me, pick me. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes those little guys are uh, are more valuable on a team than you know. And, mm-hmm. and exactly. just like every other kid, give yeah. them a chance. Yeah, you know? they might be fast. You never know. For those, of, you, for those of our yeah. audiences that don't know what your book is called, can you uh, mention to our, to our audience what your book is called? And a little bit, I'm not wanted you to, to tell the whole entire book because the point for them is to get it and read it. But if you can give yeah. us a little bit of can a... Can I show some, it? Yeah, yeah show sure, it. Yeah, we're going to show can it. And we'll make sure to put some of the images you sent me to on our Instagram okay. so people can see. So here's the book, Friends at the Pool. Mm-hmm. And the characters are these four magpies. And it's actually almost based on a true story because now that COVID, I worked at home Mm -hmm. during COVID. We did home visiting or Zoom visiting or phone visiting rather than home visiting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an opportunity over lunch hours and I would hear the magpies calling and I have a bird bath out in my garden. It's very much based on what I saw those birds doing. Oh and my gosh. So it's kind of a, almost based on a true story. I love and it. And the three main characters are brothers. Mm-hmm. And there's Big Brother, Cool Dude, and Scrappy. And they mm-hmm. have this pecking order, pardon the pun about birds, but <laughs> a pecking order about the birds. And Big Brother, when he squawked, those little birds got out of the way and he got first crack at the pool. Mm-hmm. So it's not actually a pool. It's a bird bath. And bird that bath, comes yeah. out in this, but it is the bird's pool. Um, and so I was watching and um, this is the back of the cover. Just so people know there is a description back there and a yes. biography of who I am. So you yeah. can take a peek at that. So those three brothers all had, different little personalities mm-hmm. big brother was bossy cool dude has always got messy hair and he was <laughs> clumsy 
And I thought, oh, that poor bird, he's going to fall right off the bird bath. You know, he just seemed clumsy. So one of the things I would say in the book is, oh, it'd be so cool if cool dude had glasses, you know, and uh, then Scrappy was the smallest. Mm-hmm. And I honestly saw him having a really great time, but it was like he would walk along the pool and suddenly slide in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that little Scrappy, is he ever going to learn that you can come in graceful and, and then splash out? Well, and the reason I sent it to you folks, the book, is because the fourth bird came in and had obviously something different about her legs. Mm-hmm. And really, physically, I noticed that she had kind of bent legs and knobby knees. Mm-hmm. Something I hadn't noticed with the other birds. And I thought, oh, and of course, I'm in tune with differences. And I'm yeah. looking at her and wanting to diagnose her and think, <laughs> uh, what the heck is up with that bird, you know? And she was kind of awkward too. But the nice thing is those three brothers didn't care. They didn't notice she had knobby knees. Yeah. They just invited her into the gang. And um, Maggie has a special gift Mm -hmm. that she offers to brothers. And um, so let's not rule her out because she's slightly different. Yeah. She is their friend who's going to show these boys a few other skills. And, (laughs) you know, I wanted to get out the idea that they didn't judge her. She's part of the group. She may be a little bit different, but she's got other skills that these boys can learn from. Yeah, absolutely. So that is what the book is about. Cute. (laughs) Oh, how how do we, how do we, how do we get your book? Like your actual, uh, I know usually we ask this question, at the end of the episode, but how do we get your book? If we want to get your book, like sign on or like, you know, be able to get your book and people get it. Uh, I know we got a copy of it, but or we got the actual, I think it was the digital, yeah. co- the digital copy that we got. If I oh, remember. Okay. Uh, do we? Yeah, I did. Send it was, we, yeah. I she, think. yeah. Sent over. Um, well, we've got like a little the, the, pictures to show uh, the pictures yeah. to show, I yeah. believe. So how do yeah. we get the actual book? The, uh, Amazon. Amazon.ca okay. has the book right now. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a computer glitch right now with Indigo. Okay. Mm. But I'm working on that with the publisher. Um, my contract tells shows me that it should it is on Amazon because I check regularly mm-hmm. to make sure it's there. It is supposed to be on Indigo chapters. Mm-hmm. And that's getting resolved. It is available at Barnes and Noble. Okay. Oh, great. And there is a book depository, but I would suggest you do Amazon or Barnes yeah. and Noble. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Definitely. I think yeah. it's, yeah, it'll be great. Have you read it to your grandkids? Well, um, actually, my grandkids are also depicted in these pictures, the three brother group. Mm-hmm. I have uh, three boys in my daughter's family, and those kids were all born premature. Mm-hmm. And the twins, Scrappy and Cool Dude, 
were born nine weeks early. So they had some okay. significant challenges. Mm-hmm. And when I would see the brother, um, sort of the sibling rivalry and the pecking order that these little kids went through or the birds went through, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that reminds me <laughs> of my three grandsons. Yeah. Because yeah. there is a big brother. He's three years older yeah. than the next two. And cool dude does wear glasses. Okay. And that is Ronan. Scrappy oh. is the smallest of the premature children. Yeah. Uh, he's the twin. And he is a scrappy little fighter. And it's a good thing mm-hmm. because he really thrived. And and Jaden is the oldest. Yeah. And he, he's not so bossy, but he's protective. And he's sure. kind of like, hey, I'll... I'll mess about with the barbecue boys. I'm the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of sibling yep. thing. Right. And um, so the boys, they knew I was doing this. Mm-hmm. And I said, I see you boys and these birds. And I just laugh and laugh when I see these birds. And I hope they come back this year. Um, so I read the book to the twi- uh, to the three of them and my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we would do a group phone call and they helped with some editing. Um, oh, that, sounds yeah. that, that kind of confused me that sentence. What do the you kids mean? Kids perspective is important, right? And, and it's kids perspective. Yeah. And um, so I did that. And then if you look inside at each of my books has a sign language vocabulary in it. <gasps> Amazing. because that's important too very I'm just trying to get through it so yes oh yes this sign language vocabulary because i really promote um total communication yes use your gestures use your facial expression add sign language to some of these situations for little ones yeah. that have trouble articulating so this little model is my granddaughter. Oh, so she actually sat for a formal signing. Yeah. Um, she, I got her at a good deal. She only charged me $10. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> I, but I, I said to her, so how much would it cost me to get you to do this modeling? Cause I wanted her to know this is for business. Yeah. It's very important. And I want kids to know, take this serious, yep. right? So, oh yeah, only $10, Grandma. Only okay, $10. good. Deal. That's all <laughs> I wanted to pay. So she did it for both books. <gasps> wow. Yes. I think that sets yeah. your books I'm automatically apart, like from oh. all the other books. Because that I think that will hopefully set a standard, you know, for well, other I books. Yeah. All of the children that I would work with in early intervention, they've, they come to us with a variety of delays or disabilities Mm -hmm. or challenges. We don't always know if they have a diagnosed disability. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always occur in that first three years. You know, it may occur after they've left us because early intervention is for children birth to three and a half. And what we do with early intervention is we, would go to families' homes. This is pre-COVID. We're opening it up now again. But I've been in 
oh, in 40 years, I'm sure a thousand homes with parents or caretakers that have children with delays or disabilities. Mm-hmm. And um, so we work with the kids in that young age, right? And we want uh, to build the capacity of parents and support them. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what early intervention is about. Yes. And during that time, I would see these kids with the variety of concern, whether it's autism, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, uh, delay, and we don't know why. Mm -hmm. Let's offer up some other options on how these little ones can communicate. So they might use a picture symbol, communication cards. Okay, show me, oh, want milk, or some children... It, it could be sign language, mm-hmm. you know, want milk and opening up those avenues because parents might not have an idea. They say, well, I thought we just talked to our kids. Mm-hmm. Sure we do, but we can offer other yeah. options. So that's why I'm a big advocate of sign language. Yeah. And it just to dispel those rumors or thoughts and myths, it will not delay a child from talking. Yeah. Exactly. It won't prevent them from talking. No, I did taught my daughter when she was a baby, some, some terms just to help. And oh, she talks well, (laughs) but we still like the sign for like, whenever she was all done, we would, you know, wave our hand. And I find that I still do that to her. I'm like, are you all done? (laughs) And she's like, yes, mom. But like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I would just teach her more and milk and juice. Just Oh yeah. Those are the key ones. Yes. great to see a little infant who can't communicate verbally but they can still tell you what they want and yeah she she talks and talks so it did not it doesn't prevent it (laughs) exactly (laughs) what it can do is prevent some frustration yes and the tantrum behavior absolutely so um that's why i like it yeah and the the sign language vocabulary in the book Mm -hmm are words that you can find throughout the story. Right. So that'll okay. be fun for kids to go, hey, bird, I, I, I know bird. I know bird, yes. You know, and they, every time they see it in here, they can, they can oh, there's the bird. That. So some of the sign language words are bird, mm-hmm. bugs, because birds eat bugs, mm-hmm. cold, the water was cold, Yeah. friends, that's what it's about, fly, play, stone, and the reason there's stone in here is because the birds, I do this still, is put out shiny stones for the birds Aww. and they toss them around and they hide them. And oh, I find them in all kinds of, kinds of places. Yeah. I think that's um, great. Cause I think magpies get a bad rap, don't they? Because they're kind of noisy. I know, I they like can them. be. So I think this will hold like them. that around. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I'm. I should uh, send this off to some aviary, whatever yes. it's called, bird thing. See, oh, I like yeah. magpies. Absolutely. <laughs> so the other words are swim, turn, and wait. So turn yep. would be your turn. <gasps> and, and wait. Wait for your turn. You yep. wait. So um, those are keywords for kids to learn in general. But it also helps them when they read the book. So maybe... A child who's reading the book uses sign language. And now she suddenly says, hey, I'm part of this book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly oh, it. It's a book about me. 
Mm -hmm. right and a, a little person who may be diagnosed as having cerebral palsy or some other disability that has a challenge with walking mm -hmm. says well look at little maggie mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. just like me or that's like my brother yes and, that's so important I, I hope it normalizes it and says yeah look at her gift mm -hmm. you know she may have trouble walking but boy and i don't want to give it away what her special gift is but um we all and that's what i hope people will learn from this is be inclusive in your friendship circle yeah we all have something valuable to offer mm -hmm. we all have gifts carlos here is a future author mm -hmm. you know who exactly. knew who knew cool. right yeah, yeah. it's something maybe you didn't even dream about five years ago, but now you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that. going to do it as a society. Could be your inspiration <laughs> for that. Oh, I love it so much. I think that's, it's just, it's making me, it's honestly, it's putting me in such a good mood. It's just so, it, I just love stuff like that. It's so precious. And I think too, I love the fact that you stopped and noticed something going on in the world that most people would not notice. And you really no paid attention to it. And it's like that whole stop and smell the roses thing. Like you really yeah. stopped and just said, Oh, and you noticed. And I think that that's like really, really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you did that. Oh, that's so nice. I really hope, and people have told me that they're getting the message. Mm -hmm. You know, my colleagues who have bought the book have emailed me back or texted and said, Oh, parents are going to love that because you talk about friendship yeah. in such a, a warm, fun way. Yes. It's not a lecture. Be nice to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that at all. It's just an example of what, of what I see, even with birds, like, yeah. can we not be stabilized as these birds? I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so special. Yeah. I love it. Good. Thank you. Wow, that's amazing. So how do you, is that it? So it's been good for your mental health in that way. Like you found that it you was know, something it that was, really worked. Yeah. Sorry. I cut you off there. No, that's um, okay. it is absolutely a bridge to why I was supposed to retire when I retired. Mm -hmm. I think it really wasn't. I think if I, when I look back on my life, I think it hasn't been an easy, clean path in my life. My career was, but mm -hmm. obviously I was, I'm a single parent. So something went askew somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but I was able to get back on track with the help of family and friends. And uh, I'm not opposed at all to people going to seek counseling. I don't think there should be a taboo around that. Right. I think that if your arm is broken, you're going to go see a doctor. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling your emotions have been broken, or you're feeling kind of off track a little, then go to the, the doctor that's going to help you with that area of your life. Absolutely. And I, I think that's very important. Yeah, I that agree. people feel, why wouldn't I go take care of that? That's part of who mm -hmm. you are, you go to the dentist, get your teeth fixed. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you go 
to the people that are going to help you with the mental emotional piece of your life yeah absolutely and um, you know I did with my children they had that opportunity as well after divorce is important any life changes right you need that so during this life change of mine retirement I thought well finally I have time and these books just kind of came to me Mm -hmm. and I have the second one is out now on Amazon as well. Great. And um, it's called Hold My Hand, Friend. You'll be okay. Mm. And just a little bit about, it's a little girl with Down syndrome, two, three-year-olds. The little girl has Down syndrome. The little boy has autism. And the little girl has learned that hold my hand because mommy would hold her hand. Yeah. And grandma would hold her hand. She was a little firecracker, this little Rosie and like to run and uh, mm-hmm. she has a zest for life so she was learning hey holding my hands keeps me safe and makes you safe feel good. yeah so I'm going to use that with my little friend Casey who is diagnosed with autism and he finds the world a little overwhelming yeah and can get a little bit stressed Aww. so she would hold his little hand mm-hmm. and uh they coped on the school bus together and they coped at circle time at school. And um, that's what the second book is about. And it's out on Amazon as well. Oh, wonderful. And yeah. So, um, and just a note too, when you're looking it up, you have to use my author name. Okay. Deborah, Deborah Ashford. Huff. Okay. I'll make sure in our show description yeah. that I put that name because in I- there. I think a lot of people could benefit from those books. And even I was thinking I'm going to go check them out because I mm-hmm. want to go, oh, I want to go buy those two books for, like I said, when we do presentations for kids and even to know a little bit more about in your second book about Down syndrome yeah. and about autism and about all these different things. We have clients here who we support on mm-hmm. our programs who have Down syndrome or who have autism that yeah. I'm pretty sure they would be able to enjoy even yeah. to, to yeah. see this type of book so I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out oh thank and, you and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of a lot of people who will be listening to this podcast who will be benefiting yeah. from from that uh, oh thank you so much this book. yeah thank you I appreciate that and that is the point of you were asking about what I do for my mental health mm-hmm. And I think that is helping my mental health. I wrote those books. So I know that I am still actively, maybe a little more passively, but um, I am continuing to advocate for children and adults, individuals that have challenges and differences. And that is helping my mental health because I loved my job. And I thought, oh, I miss those little kids and I want to do it. But I just can't, but I am. But you are. Yeah. I'm just doing it in a different way. A different yeah. Way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. It's not the only thing I do. I do have a third book and I'm not going to publish it until it hits me that I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work after you publish a book. Yeah. It's a lot of work because you want to get the word out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I do other things. And I think it's important that people know that, that, my books talk about friendship and I have two special friends, three special friends. I have other friends, but mm-hmm. three that are kind of close confidant type friends. And that's very important that we stay connected 
it's yeah. easy when you're, and it doesn't have to be retired. It could be mm-hmm. the person who has the challenge of getting out and about. They sit in their home. Then pick up a phone. Pick Not up all phone. of my contacts are in person, mm-hmm. but, you know, FaceTime a friend. So staying connected with family and friends. And if you get me started, I'll just talk about my grandkids forever. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> they just fill my heart. I love it. Yes. Um, I was at a walkathon on Sunday because my youngest granddaughter has cystic fibrosis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I went to their walkathon and I'm still, mm-hmm. my legs are screaming at me, but mm-hmm. I gave it a go. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the fastest, but I was present. But you were in. That's uh, what matters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a race. Yeah. It was, a, you know, it was the opportunity to support her and the family. Right. But um, every year I go on an adventure with my grandsons, Mm. three. And um, last year we went to that outdoor climbing gymnastic thing you know the okay adult climber. yeah I watched you I watched just, yeah when I got there I thought have fun boys yeah. I'll be down here <laughs> yeah it's, it's still young special at heart. oh yeah and we've been on the Seattle or the um Statler train and we go to Jasper uh, but we always what's an adventure what should we do and it might yeah. be just mini golf but we do one adventure every summer And uh, I have to keep nudging them because they're getting, they're teenagers now. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty soon they're going to be like, oh, grandma. Yeah. Uh But that's okay. Because when they're, when they're in their forties, they'll be wishing, they'll be going, I wish I could have one more adventure. I wish I could. One more adventure with grandma. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get, yeah. 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 So, and I, um, I do other things that I think are important in, you know, uh, my daytime hours are mine. Yeah. And I think it's important for your mental health. Like when I was working full time and I worked full time all those years, that's a big chunk of your life. Yeah. And now I get up in the morning and I have a cup of coffee. I, I never have more than one appointment in a day mm-hmm. and I limit it to maybe two in a week. Yeah. Because I can control that now. Yes. When I worked full time, I had to do X number of home visits in yeah. a day that totaled so many in a week and count your mileage and be here and be there and go to the meeting. And I just thought I'm over that. Oh, you've done it. So, you've paid your dues. You've earned oh, yeah. this time. Yeah. Absolutely. So now I look at it and say, uh, no, I can't do that this week. So I have taken control over that, which has been wonderful. So in the morning, I don't feel guilty one little bit. I read a novel, which I've never been able to do before on a morning because I'm not a morning person. Right. So I get up in the morning. I stay in my pajamas. Hope nobody comes to my door (laughs) and I'm having coffee and reading a book. Absolutely. And I... I've read a few novels since retiring mm-hmm. at the start of January. And I think I just don't feel bad about that one little bit. Nope. As you shouldn't. So, That's no. right. Yep. For you. So yeah. does that sort of tie in with the whole life without limits for you? Do you feel like, you know, even though you're 
you know, you're not, maybe you do your adventures with your grandkids and stuff, but like, yeah, does that kind of balance? Do you feel like you're still living life without limits, you know, even Um, in retired life? Yeah, I do. I think that, um, you know, we all have certain limitations Mm -hmm. and with aging, of course, comes fatigue and health issues. And, and unfortunately I'm, I'm healthy, mm-hmm. but, uh, well, I do wear a weighted glove. That's what this is for okay. because I have a tremor. Okay. So even though I should have been using my cane on my left-hand side, cause that's where my hip injuries from all the other adventures I've had, mm-hmm. um, I can't control it but it didn't stop me from using my cane or going on the walkathon. Yeah. I just Mm -hmm. switched hands and thought, well, that's better than nothing. Yep. It still provided me with some support. So, you know, I could have looked at it and said, Oh, I can't go on the walk, Ryan, my son, I I can't do it. For one thing, I'm out of shape. I'm getting old. I'm tired. I hurt. I can't hold my cane with the right hand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I could have used all that as an excuse. And I thought, you know what, there's people out there who are, are living with so many more difficult things than me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mine are minute compared to individuals that have to use wheelchairs or crutches or every day is a struggle. Yeah. You know? And so what I do to help me know I'm still living as full of life as possible because there's always limitations like carlos said the finance piece of writing a book yeah you can still have the goal you can still work towards it maybe there's a grant out there Mm -hmm. that would help you write the book you know you shouldn't let that limit you you should still do it yeah that's right i i think the following about living a limited life you asked me to kind of put some thought into that and i did ask around with with some people, uh, some of my friends, I oh, said, great. how do you live a limitless life? What mm-hmm. do you think that means? And we all, and so this is from an adult perspective. I didn't mm-hmm. ask children. I think they think they've got, they're invincible. They can do all kinds of things, but have dreams and goals. Mm-hmm. And then develop a plan to can I do this? And I thought, well, why can't I? Yeah. And I never on in all honesty, I never once, and this is for Carlos's sake, cause I admire that you've got this next vision of writing a book. Um, I never once said to myself, I'm not an author. Mm-hmm. You can't write a book. Mm-hmm. I never once did that because you don't know what you are. If you've never tried to be that. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah, a yeah. truck driver. But maybe if I went and took lessons, I could drive a truck, <laughs> right? So Carlos has a dream to write a book. And I, that's step one, dream it. Yeah, dream it. About it. Yeah. And then get some action behind it. But the thing is, you don't have to do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of moral support for writing my book. Nobody ever said to me, what? You don't write books. And I, they said, Hey, if you're dreaming about it and you want to do it, then do it. Mm -hmm. So I did it. And um, I think it's important that you get the support. Yeah. 
so that yeah. you might not be able to live that limitless life alone mm-hmm. because you might have a physical barrier or a mental barrier. Carlos is worried about his language. Then get help, mm-hmm. right? Get yeah. a friend who will translate it. And you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe dictate your book yes. into a, yeah. a recorder and have somebody type it, mm-hmm. right? So get that kind of help. And then you can be an author. You can be a truck driver. You can be uh, whatever. Yeah. So that's what I live by. I love it. A friend always says to me, dream big, you'll be big. Mm-hmm. Dream small, you'll be small. Yeah. And so I embrace that. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I really like the, the your response because it's very different from other people's response. Mm-hmm. And I really like the last phrase you said, dream big and you'll be big. And dream, mm-hmm. dream small and you'll be small because a lot of us think, well, if you dream big, what happens if it doesn't happen? But it's better if you dream big because somehow it could happen. If you don't dream, exactly. it would, if you don't dream, it will never happen. And if you don't dream big, it will never happen. So you might as well dream big, right? So yeah, that's, exactly. That, that's the way I I see it. Because if you dream small, you're you're not gonna. It's not, it's not gonna be beneficial for anybody. At least not for the for for the person who is who is dreaming small, right? So it's better yeah. to dream big, even if it doesn't happen. Some it's going to happen some way or another at some point, right? So it's better to dream big. So I really like that phrase. Yeah, I, really I do too. Oh, Thank you for that's sharing. wonderful. You know, you don't know what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you just want to curl up into a little ball and lay on your couch and say, now I'm retired, I can't dream. That's not the kind of life that yeah. is going to lead to anything. Yeah. And so when I thought about writing my book, I didn't, I wrote it with realistic goals. Mm -hmm. Why? And I think it's important you think about that. Why am I writing the book? And that satisfied my goal because my goal is I get to continue to advocate for little ones that are picked on or challenged or different or unique. And so I have satisfied my goal. Mm-hmm. I didn't do this to be rich. I didn't do it to make right. money. Yeah. And so I would, that isn't why I did it, mm-hmm. you know? So I think you got to have that in equal, you know, like Agreed. what am I dreaming? What is my goal? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Now, Robert mm-hmm. Munch and all those big authors, that's their living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their goal is different than my goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And I'm quite happy with my product, like yeah. what I produce. It be. And I just think, no, I feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I achieved something that I would have missed out on had I never given it a try. Yes. That's, that's amazing. That's really, really cool. Thank you, Deborah, for sharing that with us. Myself, with Leah, with the audience, I think there's a lot of people who might be listening to this, who might be a self, who, who might want to be a self-authors as well, 
who might want to try it out again mm-hmm. or to try it out and see what happens. Like there, there might be a lot of people who are being wanted to be encouraged by this. And also I encourage people to buy your books, both of your books that are been published already by mm-hmm. in Amazon. And then hopefully you mentioned that Indigo should have at least one of them uh, coming out soon. So mm-hmm. hopefully people can find it there. And I think Barnes and Noble, as you said, is, is in yeah. there as well. Yeah. So I think people yeah. should look at these books. Uh, if you are a teacher, even teacher yeah. assistant who who are teaching kids at schools, if you're with with kids with special needs and any kind, uh, it's it's easy or not easy. It's good to to have these tools for the children because mm-hmm. we still need to talk about inclusion. We still need mm-hmm. to talk about accessibility. We still need to advocate for this for the children because. We got to be the boys. Uh, mm-hmm. I always said to Leah that one of my goals is to be the boys of other people with disabilities uh, that are not in my position uh, that I've been fortunate enough to be at. Right? Mm-hmm. I've been, we, we spoke about in the last episode about different circumstances of life, about how different people don't have the opportunities that I had. But there are so many resources out there like yourself, Deborah, who are putting out books now and all of your career that you did for over 40 years uh mm-hmm. it's been it's been amazing and i think people should really really take a look at this so thank you so much for your time and thank yes. you you're very welcome for i want to show you my t-shirt oh, oh. yeah go ahead unique, unique is, is good yes it is yes it's very good i wore it for you guys i um perfect that's really what I want little people to know. Mm-hmm. If you've got red hair and it's standing, no offense to you, Leah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got red hair and it's standing up and fuzzy and who knows yep. what, or you're wearing a headset, you know, headphone to quiet the world down, or yep. you're missing your friend tooth or your glasses are cockeyed, you know yep. what? We're all good. Yes. Yep. Unique is good. Unique is very good. It'd be such a boring world if there wasn't all kinds of kinds. And yeah. Yeah. And it's a good reminder because people think unique is is wrong. And I think being unique, it's as you said, as your teacher said, it's good. It's very, very good. Yeah. Just be you. And uh, I hope little kids and parents, readers get that message that Mm -hmm you know what, we're all good deep in, we try to find that in each other. Yeah. And promote it. Yeah. Help your kids be good friends. Yes. Good neighbors. And if your kid is a goofy one now, I mean, I've got six grandkids and there's some uniqueness going on there. (laughs) I bet there is. (laughs) You know what they're allowed to do? One's got long hair. One's got short cropped hair. Uh, one wears glasses, one doesn't, one likes tight clothes, one likes baggy clothes. Yeah. Let That's them be who they are as I long agree. as they're within, you know, let's be socially appropriate. Yeah. Have manners and that kind of thing. But whew. yeah, absolutely. Thank well, you. Thank you so much, Deborah. I really do appreciate your time. I really do appreciate your 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 testimony because this is a testimony as well in your chat. It's just really great 
to hear from you and thank you so much mm-hmm. for being a part of this yes this thank podcast it's always to it's always great to have guests like yourself in our podcast we really do appreciate it so. mm-hmm. very much thank you so much it's been lovely visiting with both of you and i do appreciate this opportunity to chat with you and mm. and to uh, support you in your cause as well Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for all of us, for all of our audience, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Uh, and please remember to continue to live your life without limits as, as much as possible. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.